0: Welcome to Welcome to the Hallowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss episode 17 of season 5 of Charmed.
1: Lucky Charmed.
0: I'm honestly surprised it took us that long to get that title. I mean, they were saving it. For... Yeah,
1: they were saving it for the leprechaun episode.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I, I know we we try to avoid discussing things that Allison Prickler talked about in her very 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 good charmed videos which Mm -hmm. you should watch if you haven't seen them
1: yeah we don't want each bummer guy coming after us
0: yes (laughs) we try to avoid invoking stuff that she talked about but this is the beginning of a weird running thing for charmed where the sisters
1: are prejudiced against leprechauns
0: yeah for for no reason whatsoever they're
1: so mean to leprechauns
0: It doesn't start in this episode, although
1: It does kind of a
0: little bit. They're so weird about it.
1: It almost feels like it almost feels like some real world stuff is leaking into to charmed, and they're like, no, no, this is too ridiculous. You know what it kind of reminds me of? What? In True Blood, when Suki finds out that her deal is that she's half fairy, and she's like, that's fucking
0: That is so stupid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we watched the trailer for this one. We're trying to be better about that. And the thing is, the trailer usually chooses the stupidest, like, most comedic B-plot thing and makes it seem like the main plot of the episode. But the
1: A-plot is the stupid comedic thing.
0: Yeah, so they're in this very weird middle ground where they're not playing it for comedy as much as they could for some reason. I don't know. No, I mean, they were. Well, at the beginning, the beginning starts it like it's going to be a dramatic one. The the Charmed Ones have run out of luck, but luckily, there's some lucky friends that they're lucky to make. Okay, so
1: I didn't see it that way. I saw it as super misleading because they were like, after a string of bad luck, the Charmed Ones meet some lucky friends. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry, trailer guy, but opposite- their bad luck starts when the leprechauns start dying because of their incompetence at protecting the leprechauns.
0: (laughs) To be fair, they do better at protecting the leprechauns than they did the Sandmen where they found out about it when there was only one left and then they didn't save him. And then the episode just didn't resolve that at all. Like San Francisco was on fire because people no longer had dreams to sort out their issues. So they were bringing out their issues in real life. And like, they didn't find they didn't make more sandmen at the end of that episode. They're just like, eh, we killed the guy who's responsible for killing all the sandmen. Good enough.
1: It's true, it's true. There still are leprechauns. Although I will
0: point- Who else would they discriminate against for the rest of the show for no reason?
1: Right. I do want to point out though that early on in the episode, the leprechauns are like, Well, we're just gonna leave this realm and go to another realm where we don't have to deal with this demon trying to kill us. And one of the other leprechauns is like, no, but if we leave, then the humans will have no luck. And the other leprechauns are like, fuck the humans. And they decide to stay because the Charmed Ones are going to help them. They could have left and survived. So every leprechaun who dies from that point on, it is on the Charmed Ones. Mm. Because they were convinced to stay by the Charmed Ones so that humans wouldn't have to deal with having bad luck all the time.
0: I do like the fact that in Charmed the ecosystem is kind of reliant on magic mm-hmm. like it's it's mentioned in the the day the magic died that like i think it was gnomes or pixies or something they're the reason that flowers exist which means like if there weren't these magical creatures everyone on earth would be dead
1: like in b-movie
0: like in b-movie <laughs> It's weird because this, this is a really, this is a classic charmed episode, except there are no sexy costumes.
1: Yes. Okay, I'm going to say something super nerdy right now, and then we're going to move on with me saying the nerdiest thing ever, okay? Okay. Uh, back in college, when I was playing in a changeling LARP, I played at Clericon. Which is the changeling version of Leprechauns. That's, by the way, changeling LARP, that's what you do if you're too nerdy to even do like a vampire LARP, just FYI. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. All right.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this episode. For real. I mean, we have been, but let, let's get into the meat and potatoes of it.
1: So when we start, let's get into the cabbage and potatoes of
0: it. Ugh. Okay. Okay. So can I say how much I love this opening sequence? Okay. Like mostly how it resolves, but Phoebe. Yes,
1: yes, I adore the way this episode, this this opening resolves.
0: So Phoebe has worn her worst hat on this date.
1: Oh, okay. Well, no, listen, listen. I mean,
0: it's not a bad hat. P- hats aren't bad. What people choose to do with them is bad.
1: Hats aren't fashion crimes. People are fashion criminals. Okay. It's it's a flat cap. It's a flat cap that she's wearing at a jaunty angle, which is not what you're supposed to do with a flat cap.
0: I mean, this would be perfectly fine if, like, she was in a girl group.
1: No, it would still not be okay that she's wearing it at an angle. It is a white flat cap. Okay. But she's also wearing what just appears when she, we first see her sitting down to be a perfectly normal white tank top like totally tame by Phoebe Halliwell standards until she stands up and you see that it's like half of Bjork's swan (laughs) dress down one side of it.
0: Okay, this is an all-time episode for Phoebe Fashions because we are going to talk about the pubis pants a lot when it happens. Are we? I mean, I feel like we have... How did that get past the censors? I I am not a conservative person by any measure i work very blue those of you who listen to this podcast probably know that
1: but i think you were going to say people who follow your not safe for work uh, social media streams
0: i mean aren't all of my social media streams not uh not, not safe for work i i like to uh, listen
1: listener i was shocked i was shocked to learn and and Max tells me this is normal, but I still don't believe this is normal. I was shocked to learn that...
0: I am editing this out.
1: You are? Yeah. You don't want the people to know?
0: No, this is going too far into my process.
1: <laughs> don't edit this out.
0: No, I'm going to edit it.
1: Okay, well, keep me saying don't edit it out. Okay. So that they have no idea <laughs> what they missed.
0: So Can't he...
1: believe you edited that out.
0: <laughs> so Phoebe... <laughs> Phoebe is on a first date with a guy she met over the internet. The weirdest thing a person could possibly do. Okay,
1: are you, are you even- A
0: thousand years old? Oh, sorry, we were going different.
1: We are, we were going different directions. I was going to say, are you even counting this as a date? Because he's like, yeah, I've met a lot of people online. And she like whips out her little reporter notebook. And she's like, tell me about that. By the way, this isn't really a date. This is a surprise interview. Like- What are you doing, Phoebe?
0: She's like, you might know me as famous advice columnist Phoebe Halliwell, and my boss is making me write a report on internet dating, so why don't you tell me about your internet dating history, random stranger? And he's like, is this an actual date? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure, it's an actual date, but, you know, please just answer the questions. I want to point out this is a thing MLMs do sometimes. Oh, yeah, sure.
1: By which you mean all the times?
0: I, I read all of these things about people who think that they're going on dates with people they met on dating apps but then they get there and it's just a pitch for an MLM.
1: Well, I mean, isn't this what you do? You get on dating apps and then you just tell people about our podcast and get them to listen to it and then never actually go on
0: dates. Yeah, it's true. Sorry people on Tinder. Tinder? A lot of things.
1: I'm just saying Tinder's pretty tame. I feel like you feel like you're cleaning it up for the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to put that on my fat life account.
1: <laughs> you don't have a fat life account.
0: But yeah, Phoebe touches the guy's hand. She's like, no, it's a real date. Pat, pat. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. She, this is weird. This happens twice in this episode. She has a premonition, but we don't see it.
0: Yeah. She does the like little premonition face, but they don't cut to a black and white video clip of, you know, they, they just, she does the premonition face and then she, she's like, I have to go to the bathroom and she scoots over to the bar where Piper's working
1: Yes, working. Interesting. Piper's on the phone with Pat Benatar's agent and is upset because Pat Benatar canceled just because she didn't follow through on the stuff she was supposed to do to get Pat Benatar to appear. But I mean, come on! She had a baby! Something nobody has ever done before! How could she possibly be expected to still run the source of their livelihood? Anyway, she's really upset that Pat Benatar isn't going to be coming to the club.
0: Yeah, because you know what really hip people were into in the early 2000s? Pat Benatar. I mean, Pat I mean,
1: Benatar's timeless.
0: I, I love Pat Benatar. I'm just saying, I don't think of her in a club context.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, she's too she's too big to be playing P3.
0: Well, there was that joke earlier about, like, the only person we could get is Neil Diamond. Wah, 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 wah. And it's like, okay, if you got Neil Diamond, your club would be sold fucking out, Piper. <laughs> like... The the joke is that, you know, Neil Diamond isn't hip enough for them. And I'm like, I feel like Pat Benatar would also fall neat, not hip enough for them. I, I don't know. It, it feels like more of a throwback act.
1: I, I don't know. I feel like it's weird because Pat Benatar wouldn't be playing a little club like this. Yeah. Anyway, she's not. She's not. She's not coming. Well,
0: well, you know, this club did once host Dishwalla. It's so.
1: true. It's true. But... And, <laughs> Anyway, Phoebe's like, Piper, Piper, my date is a demon. I need you to freeze the whole club so that we can confirm that he's a demon. And she's like, ah, fine.
0: It's great. It's great. Phoebe's like, I just had a premonition of of him eating my flesh because he was a flesh-eating demon. And Piper's like, oh, my God, whatever. And she freezes the whole room except for the guy. And the guy's like, ah, shit, witches. And Piper's like, yep, and blows him up. It's fantastic. I love it so much.
1: Yeah, it's so casual. At this point, by the way, at this point, after she blows him up, she is complaining about Leo and all of their marriage problems that they're having and all of this nonsense. And at this point, I was like, wait, did we start the right episode? Because I feel like we didn't get enough, like
0: leprechaun
1: heavy-handed luck stuff yet and she's complaining about leo and i know there's a marriage therapy episode coming up so i was like
0: oh tina a marriage therapy episode yes
1: yes but i know that there is one soon right i know that there's (laughs) one in the next few episodes so i was like did we start the wrong episode but just then phoebe's like oh just my luck
0: Uh, (laughs) there we are
1: and then we cut to outside, where a man, where a a, a troubadour is playing that classic Irish ballad, "Green Sleeves."
0: Ah, uh, it just takes you to the sunny shores of Dublin.
1: I'm so annoyed. <laughs> so annoyed. For for those of you who are unaware, G- "Green Sleeves" is an English ballad, not an Irish ballad. What are we doing? Just because it has the word "green" in it?
0: Yeah, like like Ireland. And it it was it was it was, it was a love song. To celebrate one of the most famous and endearing loves of all time,
1: one of, that that famous that famous Irish love story of Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn,
0: that that ended great for everyone, right? Like that famously ended really well for everyone.
1: This this annoys me like extra because I really like the song "Green Sleeves," and and, and but it's so inappropriate for here where they're trying to do like an Irish thing.
0: Okay, so. This guy is singing "Green Sleeves," and we see a leprechaun whisper, "Um, magic words, Slancha,"
1: okay. which is Irish for "cheers." Like that was a big thing where like Irish bars would be like would have like bar napkins that said "Slancha" because it's Irish for like "cheers." It's this is like, um,
0: it's Slancha Estancia. I don't know. It's what they say. I don't
1: know what the whole thing he says is. To be fair, but it's it's a very like the one the one Gaelic word that Americans know.
0: Look, we're just lucky that it's not you know faith in Bogora. We're just lucky
1: it's not. You'll never get me lucky charms. Like, seriously, this is, like, some... This is not...
0: Cartoonish.
1: It is very cartoonish. It is
0: cartoonish. So the leprechaun says his little magic words while holding up a piece of gold. He's hiding in the trash, and a rainbow light shoots out and hits the guy, and he finds a 20. Well, he and a
1: find- la- ah, He finds a 50.
0: A 50. I'm sorry. That I'm, is very lucky. Like, that is lucky, but I assumed that, like... The next person walking by would be an agent who would sign him or something. Like, it, it's nice that this guy got a 50, but, like, this isn't a... I mean, I guess you...
1: Okay, I'm actually going to contradict you here. Okay. We learn, we learn in this episode that... Okay, so first of all, the gold is luck, which I, I kind of like that. I kind of yeah. like that the gold is luck and it...
0: Yeah, it's it's, phys- it's physical luck.
1: Yeah, and he, like... And the leprechauns, like, sprinkle a little bit around, and...
0: God, this is just the Sandman episode all over again.
1: Yes, but but the luck, it just, like, kickstarts the luck. You can get a streak going if you, like, lean into it. Like, if you... You can basically catch a wave of luck like a surfer. So, the $50 is just the little bit of luck. And if this guy has, like, the right mental fortitude or whatever, he'll be able to surf on it until he has an agent.
0: Okay, Honestly, this is one of the things I do like about Charmed in general. Like, the fact that literally every facet of every single person's life is controlled by a series of mystical forces isn't great. It's kind of a creepy concept. But we saw this in the Cupid episode, too. The fact is that all of these things just... You don't have to worry. It's not a free will issue. Like, they're not... You know, the course of your life is not going to be altered... Like, the leprechauns... It's just a little nudge. It's just a little nudge. Like, with the cupids, when we had the cupid episode earlier, like, they will push you in the right direction, but whether or not your life changes depends on your own actions still. Yes. Like, like the universe is helping you out, but it's not going to... Or hindering you. Or hindering you, but at the end of the day, you're still responsible for everything that happens to you, which is nice.
1: Hey, do you remember back in season one... When there was the episode where it was like, "Oh no, this person has bad luck," and also she's Irish. What a twist! Yeah. No bad things have ever happened to the Irish. God, I'm just saying. I oh, just, was,
0: was that not a was that not a specific clone high? Nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. Reference.
1: I just, I just want to say.
0: Which, speaking of Irish,
1: I just want to track how far we've come, right? From an episode where a person who was Irish had very bad luck, and that was like what we were dealing with.
0: They wrote a newspaper article about this woman who had bad luck even though she was Irish.
1: Yeah, okay, but but my point is it was like mystical bad luck, right? And now we've gone all the way to actual physical leprechauns. <laughs> like this is this is how flanderized the show has become.
0: I want to point out in that episode, the reason she had bad luck was because a dark lighter was trying to get her to kill herself so she wouldn't become a white lighter. Yes. Which there used to be a lot of different kinds of Dark Lighter, but I think it might be a good thing that the show has become less interested in Dark Lighters as it's gone on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this leprechaun is attacked by a demon who uh, Steals his luck. Okay. Okay. They 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 establish very firmly that this guy is some minor ass demon. Uh-huh. How has this never happened before? How has no... If this guy is not a big deal, and we're led to believe that he's not, why hasn't any other small demon gone after it? Like, that seems like a good way to make a name for yourself, right?
1: Yeah, he he's able to take the leprechaun's luck, right? He's able to kill him and take all of the luck. He is not a powerful demon. He doesn't have any sort of thing to give him an advantage over the leprechauns. Like... Yeah, it's never really addressed.
0: Yeah, like he's he's stronger than they are, and he's got this like fire touch thing. But
1: oh my god, I can't believe it! I thought I was just gonna say it and then be done with it.
0: Yeah, what? What?
1: So back when I was in the Changeling LARP.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: We decided. We decided it would be fun to bring in werewolves. And the way World of Darkness is set up, you can have all of the different fantasy types interacting. Right, fairies, vampires, werewolves. Yeah, you know,
0: vampires, the masquerade, mage, the ascension, uh, werewolf, the moon Ning.
1: Yeah. Anyway, they can all interact.
0: There's rule books for all of them, and they they even have uh. They even updated them to be like, please don't be fascist with this, guys. Seriously, it's so weird.
1: Okay, but when we decided to bring in a troop of werewolves to interact in the game, um, a couple of our characters died really quickly because it wasn't even meant to be a fight. It was just like, literally, the werewolf like touched one of the fairies and they just died because of the disproportion in, like, strength and hardiness between werewolves and fairies. And it turns out they're just not supposed to interact in this world in in an adversarial manner, or else they will die. And, um, I think that might be what's happening here.
0: I mean, I guess. The leprechauns...
1: Like, leprechauns are a race of fairy, right? They're a race of fae. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea is that you... Don't mess with them. Why would you? And then if you try to, they just, you they just, they're like tissue paper. Mm. I mean, I guess the reason you wouldn't is because if the rest of the leprechauns had their shit together, they would just show up and give this guy all of the bad luck ever, a thing that's established they can do mm-hmm. until he accidentally fell on his own like fire over and over again. But that's not what they do. Instead, they decide they're going to rely on the Charmed Ones.
0: Yeah, which, there's a turning point later in the episode where there's a speech that convinces them that they can just use their powers on the guy who's trying to kill them. Which, I guess, just didn't occur to them before this. Which... uh, okay. I... Sure, why not?
1: It's like, uh... It's like in the Avatar The Last Airbender movie... As opposed to the TV show. In the TV show, it makes sense because they're specifically on a metal ship. But in the movie, all the earthbenders are imprisoned in, like, just a a place. and, And they need Katara and Aang to show up and be like, hey, guys, can't you just bend this earth? As opposed to in the TV show where it makes sense because they're on a ship.
0: Yeah, they're on a metal ship in the middle of the ocean. So there's no, you know...
1: Earth to bend.
0: Earth to bend. They can't... For those of you who are unfamiliar with Avatar The Last Airbender, they can't control the Earth through dancing, which is what bending is. I mean, depending on what country you're from, you can do it with different stuff. Like, there's an air nation and a fire nation and a water nation. Anyway, this is... We're not here to talk about Avatar. We're here to talk about Phoebe's god-awful pants. I mean, the whole outfit is a nightmare. Like, it's this weird... Super midriff-bearing... These
1: are low, low-rise jeans.
0: Okay, okay, so the top is, like, this weird evil witch schoolmarm thing that shows off her entire lower torso.
1: It's, like, from the bottom of the boobs up, it's a pilgrim top, but then there's nothing below the boobs.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing until her pants, which start basically halfway around her pubic bone. Like, she has a very visible tattoo over her mom's pubes which is i'm sorry to keep talking about this but these pants are nuts to me how is this on television
1: when jed z is like with jed z is like why, why did millennials not want to wear low-rise jeans anymore they need to understand this was the low-rise jean that was around back then
0: like i i i am flabbergasted by these pants please tell me you're doing them for your phoebe uh
1: Oh yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely do this outfit for my Phoebe doll. Yeah, totally.
0: I mean, honestly, whole episode is just fantastic outfits for Phoebe. I will
1: definitely be doing the half of the Bjork dress before I do this outfit, but I will do this. I'll get to this outfit.
0: But Alyssa Milano did 10 million sit-ups, and she wants you to know about it.
1: I mean, I hate to say this, but it was the style of the
0: time. It was. There's a very. If you if you read Teen Titans or any superhero book featuring teenagers, there was a lot of very unfortunate mid triff situation. Look at early two thousand Supergirl. Look at her.
1: Or look at Britney Spears. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That I was not as distracted by this as you were because I was too distracted by what's going on in the plot. I guess that's not distracted. I guess that's what we're supposed to be focused on.
0: You're distracted by the plot I
1: am annoyed by the plot is what I am Because Phoebe is bitching about her job And Piper says Didn't your boss just give you a raise? And she says yeah but that was just a bribe for me to not quit And I'm like yeah Phoebe That's what a salary is Yeah, It's the money that your job (laughs) gives you So that you do the job She is so Annoyed at having to write An article for the newspaper That she works at Okay you know what I don't work at the job that I used to work at anymore, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell this story. Okay. Okay. We I I used to be in a job where we took a lot of money in. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the things that they were talking to us about was what we had to do if we received certain amounts of money in in various forms that indicated that it might be being laundered. Okay. If you receive, it probably wasn't being laundered through us, but th- there are regulations. There, are, there are federal regulations about if you receive money in certain forms, you you have to fill out this paperwork just to kind of so the money is tracked so that people can't launder it. Okay. Mm, okay. So that we're we're being we're we're getting training on those forms and being told when this happens, you know, you're gonna get this alert on the computer because we just got a new system installed. You're going to get this alert on the computer. It's going to keep track for you. You don't have to, like, keep it in your head. When you get this alert, this is the form you have to fill out for, for taxes, for tax reasons, for, for the government. And one of my coworkers goes, "Ah, oh, that's not my job. And I'm like, it literally is. Like, that's literally a very important part of your job. We are receiving money and following federal regulations to make sure that that money is legit is, like, literally our job. That's what Phoebe's doing right now. She's like, ah, I can't believe I have to write an article.
0: Okay, so considering how, like, obsessive Phoebe is over her career, it's weird how whenever anyone actually asks her to do her job, she gets very, very upset about it. Like, normally she's all about doing her job until the second someone asks her to do it.
1: Well, she only wants to do her job when it takes her away from doing things that other people have asked her to do. Point. She's, she's, she's basically the Mary Margaret of this show. She's Phoebe, Phoebe, quite contrary. It's not as, it's not as melodic with her, but that's what she is. Anyway, Paige comes in to get slut shamed.
0: Yeah, after Phoebe establishes what her plot is going to be this episode, her boss is making her write an article about internet dating, and she just doesn't understand how people could possibly find love or the internet, which, oh, my God, Phoebe, I, I, I was unaware you had traveled here from the 1950s.
1: Well, I mean, she she traveled here from 2001. It,
0: it's I, I know it was I a mean, different not time. To like,
1: not to, like, preview, but that is going to be my time freeze. Yes,
0: I know. It's just, I know, I know, the apps, blah, blah, blah. But, like... It feels so weird for her to be this. You know what? We'll talk about it later when in one of the 10,000 times she is complaining to her boss about this.
1: But Paige comes in with a teeny tiny sweater that has shrunk because she's been washing it so much to try to get all the demon blood out of it. And she's like, look what happened to my sweater. It's like a tiny doll sized sweater now. And Piper, very, very unconcerned is like, you've worn smaller tops than that. Oh my God, Piper.
0: I mean, not wrong, but Yes. Also, how bad is Paige at laundry?
1: Well, it's a, it's a, it's a knit top. Like, it's, it's a knit top of presumably actual natural fibers. Like.
0: Uh, right. Early 2000s.
1: Well, honestly, it probably indicates that it's either expensive or was handmade for her. One of those two things. Hmm. Um, We don't have to worry about that with our laundry because we don't really, well, the stuff that I make, that's why it doesn't go in the dryer. If, if, if like, oh, where's my white sweater? I don't know where my white sweater is. It's usually hanging right there. But if if my white sweater went in the dryer, it would come out looking like that, too. It's because it's, you know.
0: Yes. So Paige is establishing her plot for this episode, which is that she's going to use magic to fix all of the things that magic has ruined. And Piper's, like, personal gain. And, and, and Paige, she brings up the big boobs thing. She's like, remember when you had giant boobs in, like, your second episode? And, pa- and Paige is like... Yes, I remember when my second day on this job, they made me wear the giant fake boobs. Thank you, Holly Marie Combs, for reminding everyone about that. She
1: says my back still hurts, which I feel like magic goes her that, too. Hmm. I, this is, this is a, I, I'm constantly annoyed by this. And not just Charmed, but also in Buffy and Spider-Man and all sorts of things. Like, yeah, but, you should be getting paid.
0: Yeah, Buffy should be getting a paycheck from the Watcher's Council. They paid Giles. Oof. I well, mean, they they did until he got fired, but...
1: I mean, honestly, that makes sense from a plot perspective. It, it makes sense that the Watchers would devalue the Slayers and treat them like a commodity and not like humans who need a paycheck because they're supposed uh, to die immediately.
0: I mean, Quentin Travers says it. The Slayers change, the Watchers stay the same how it is and how, how it always will be until Season 7 when you all get blown up.
1: Right, so it makes sense. It's it's an It's anger-making, but it's supposed to be, right? Same here. It's like... She should be allowed to fix her back and her sweater. Uh, What is the point of having magic if you can't do, like, even the most basic things?
0: Yeah, and to be fair, I don't think Paige really gets dinged for personal gain this episode.
1: Well, yeah, she does the no personal gain spell. I can't We'll talk about that in a second. I can't wait.
0: So, somewhere in the underworld, the demon who killed the leprechaun is recruiting a couple of lesbians to his cause. He has a snake, because Ireland, I guess. Why didn't they do more with the snake thing? Oh,
1: he has a snake because St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. So maybe he's like, maybe that's like a metaphor for demons. And he's like descended from one of the demons that was driven from Ireland. And that's why he has like a special connection that allows him to connect with and therefore kill the leprechauns why am I writing more backstory than they cared to in this episode
0: yeah i think they were just thinking i mean i'm sure that they were like yeah snakes ireland but why why wasn't that more of a thing with him i mean they end up using snake eyes to track him it gets mentioned that he's a reptile demon but he doesn't have anything like reptile about him outside of owning a snake which lots of people own snakes
1: no no but i think i think we are supposed to think that he's one of the snakes that was driven from ireland
0: So, he tells the lesbians that he's recruiting them to his cause, and his cause is to kill all the leprechauns so that he can make a name for himself in the underworld and question mark, question mark, profit for them. I mean, he offers them good luck, and then he uses the lucky stole from the opening scene leprechaun to give them luck, but we don't see them getting lucky at all outside of, I guess... I guess their vanquish takes slightly longer than normal because Piper fucks up blowing one of them up early on.
1: Well, they didn't ride the wave of luck like they were supposed to. One of the one of the demon lesbians is named Jada. I am only pointing that out because I might have a premonition about her later.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of them has kind of a, a Grace Jones thing going on. Yeah. And the other one is there.
1: The other one, uh, I'll just preview this because I'm not going to say it later. So I guess it's not really a preview. I guess I'm just saying it. Mm-hmm. The other one has one of those IMDb Pro pages where you can tell that they have made their IMDb page themselves.
0: We're calling them lesbians. The
1: they're sh- definitely lesbians. Yeah,
0: they're definitely lesbians. We're calling them lesbians because they are. It's not actually established in the show, but like the two, they're, they're two women who are working together and are on good terms and don't appear to be sisters, which in the world of charmed lesbians.
1: I mean, they clearly appear to be lovers. One of them is distraught when the other one dies in, in a very loverly fashion.
0: Yeah, because normally demons don't care when other demons are killed, but this one is, like, really upset when the other one dies, and you're like, oh, okay, I, I see.
1: All right, so let's let's time freeze a little bit. Phoebe's on her computer, and she's getting an instant message. Yes. She's getting an instant message from somebody whose screen name is Cyrano73.
0: Boo. And and Phoebe's is Cinderella29 because she loves Cinderella, and she's 29 years old.
1: Why assume this person...
0: Does she change her screen name every year?
1: See, Cyrano73 gets it, right? I assume 73 is the year he was born. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But no
1: she's not 29 though
0: maybe she's always 29 i mean she should be younger than she's that younger
1: than 29 we've
0: done the math on this before but like i think we're supposed to assume that phoebe is older now than she would because she was barely tw- she was very recently 21 in season one so theoretically she should be you know like she be 26 or
1: 27 at the most
0: yeah But I I guess they felt like they needed to bump her up a little bit age-wise when they introduced Paige, right? Or maybe this 29 is not supposed to be her age and she just really likes the number 29.
1: I mean, maybe.
0: Maybe there were 28 other women who liked Cinderella more than her on this uh, instant messaging (laughs) app. That must be it.
1: Anyway, Cyrano sent her a love poem, and she's like, oh, I loved your love poem. It made my day.
0: Lies. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not a big poetry guy, but I feel like if someone writes poetry for you, it's something you, like, tolerate.
1: Like when somebody plays guitar at you.
0: Yeah, like, the person playing guitar at you is not Jason Mraz. The person you writing poems for you is not Pablo Neruda. I'm just saying that these are skills that you will you you will you will pay for a professional to do them at you. You will tolerate it if a loved one does it towards you. I'm not that I'm not saying that people can't like if if you have a loved one who writes you poetry and you like it, i'm I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you're very lucky because poetry is hard. People don't think poetry is hard, but it is. Maybe he did just forward her a poem though i'm I assume that. Or maybe he tapped into the fact that Phoebe writes terrible poetry herself and that's why they're vibing so much.
1: Yes, of course. Of course that's what it is. He's oh. like, hey
0: Phoebe, hey Phoebe, no magic block, magic door unlock. She's like, goddamn, man, that's some good ass poetry.
1: <laughs> All right. So her assistant comes in with the article she wrote about online dating and it is redlined to hell. And she's like, "Ah." Oh, he dares edit me why would my editor edit me i also noticed though that he didn't like the title she picked out but usually uh the reporters don't choose the article titles that's usually done at the editing phase
0: yeah i know that because of the many many times twitter has gotten mad at someone for the title of a a misleading title of an article which the person is almost never responsible for
1: Anyway, she storms into Jason Dean's office and is like, how dare you edit my article? I
0: can't believe she's wearing this outfit to work. I mean, I, We're I, so I, past that with them. I know, I know. But she's like, she, he, she's like, I can't write an article about online dating. And he's like, you wrote like a giant ass article about meteor showers. And she's like, because that's romantic. You can't fall in love over a computer and it's like a Okay, you know the you you do actual dates after a certain point right because she seems to think that the entire relationship has to take place over the internet which is such an odd assumption to make
1: i know she's like how can you fall in love with someone without eye contact it's like well that's
0: yeah, you, you you meet them on the internet and then you meet them in real life and decide if you want an actual relationship with them phoebe
1: Another time freeze. She's like, you can maybe buy CDs or purses over the internet, but not love. It's like, we could do everything on the internet, Phoebe.
0: And soon we'll have to do everything over the internet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Since we spent so much time talking about the bad costuming, I do want to point out that she has a little flower in her hair right now to symbolize that even though she protests, her defenses are weakening. Hmm. She, She is giving in to... To being attracted to Cyrano and her romantic side, which she is suppressing because of all of the anguish she has over Cole, is asserting itself with this tiny pink flower in her hair.
0: So, in the fields that is the alternate dimension where the leprechauns live, the leprechauns are having a meeting about whether they should stfu to a different dimension and therefore deprive humanity of all luck, or if they should stay and be horribly murdered by some low-level nobody-loser snake demon.
1: Wait, no, I think this is just a random field in San Francisco, but they're going to go from this field to the alternate dimension.
0: No, no, I think I'm pretty sure this is the alternate dimension.
1: Oh, okay.
0: This is but their home dimension. Got it. Because this is this is where Paige ends up when she does the.
1: I mean, isn't this also where they like meet the nymphs in a few episodes?
0: No, that's a different place that may or may not be played by the same location.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: But we are to understand that this is an alternate dimension, like with the nymphs. So they're discussing whether or not to, you know, run or stay. And a leprechaun named Seamus tells them all that they need to stay and fight. And he's going to be our main character leprechaun for this episode. Don't don't get attached to him. Remember the the Sandman?
1: (laughs) Back at the manor, uh... Paige casts a spell to fix her sweater and it worked, but before she casts that spell, she literally casts a spell that is, by the way, don't count this towards personal gain. And as we pointed out, that seems to work.
0: Yeah. I mean, Piper talked about that earlier when Phoebe was casting the spell to call her past selves into her past self and her future self into the present to tell her whether or not to marry Cole. Piper mentioned if you phrase a spell right, then there is no personal gain consequence, so okay.
1: Then Leo comes in holding holding Wyatt and is like, Um, excuse me, I overheard you breaking the rules, and Paige rightfully points out, um, you're you're carrying a bit you're you're carrying a pretty big broken rule in your arms right now, my friend. So maybe you need to back all the way off.
0: And Leo's like Okay, whatever.
1: It's like, that's different! This is a baby!
0: Everyone loves babies!
1: I mean, it's true. That's a baby. This is a sweater. It is different.
0: She points out that she doesn't have a job anymore because of magic, which I guess is technically true, because she quit her job to focus on being a witch. But, I mean, that was a choice she made.
1: Yeah, but she is one of the charmed ones. She literally is supposed to be protecting the world from evil magic. She didn't have time to do that and have a job. Someone should be paying her.
0: Yeah, so she casts a spell to wipe out all of her debts.
1: No, 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 but she, she, she casts a spell to find luck. And then she green orbs into this field with the leprechauns.
0: And she's like, oh, no, I'm going to have to deal with some bullshit now. And Seamus comes up and he's like, hey, and she's like, god fucking damn it.
1: Okay, I'm going to say something nice about this episode. Yeah? Yeah. This reminds me of the way that the to find a lost witch spells have kind of uh, interacted before and the way that they've kind of crossed and let them do things like find page and things like that. So I, I kind of like the way her to find luck spell brought her to the leprechauns. I, I'm i okay with it.
0: Yeah. I, I thought you were going to mention the, th- the running gag in Buffy about how leprechauns are the one thing that does not actually exist.
1: Oh, I wasn't going to mention that.
0: It is one of my favorite Buffy runners that leprechauns are not real in the world of Buffy.
1: Anyway, the snake demon shows up and attacks the leprechaun and then Paige protects him by orbing him to her. She orbs the or she she orbs the leprechaun over to her.
0: Okay, I feel like there are a lot of there's a lot of plot stuff that should be resolved quicker if Paige has the ability to just orb people she's not actually touching. Yeah. So Paige orbs the leprechaun to her and the leprechaun falls on top of her. And he's like, hey, nice boobs. And she's like. Ugh. And the, the demon falls on his face after the leprechaun's orbed out of, uh, out of his hands. And Seamus is like, we have to get away. There's no time for you to orb. I'm going to open a rainbow sky portal.
1: Yeah, he uses sh- a shillelagh to cast a rainbow.
0: How is this faster than orbing? And
1: then they ride the rainbow. Back to Earth. And also, there's I mean, a pot I... of gold at the end of it. And the pot of gold is luck.
0: Okay. I guess if they're in another dimension, it would make more sense to travel via his thing than, uh, yeah. orbing.
1: Yeah. There you go. There you go! You fixed it!
0: Okay. Because I know orbing can take you across dimensional barriers or whatever.
1: But we, we specifically know she didn't orb to this dimension. She was brought there by the leprechaun magic, so...
0: Yeah, okay, so you know what? I I, I accept this premise.
1: All right, so... You
0: need the shillelagh and the special rainbow portal to get to this dimension.
1: Yes. Oh, so we don't end with copyrighted music anymore, so we don't get copyright struck. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, our listeners, um, when we get to the end of this episode, you should go listen to Kiss at the End of the Rainbow from Mighty Wind. And just pretend that that's what we played.
0: Yes. Uh. All of those things are still up on our uh, on our old Once Upon a Time podcast. We've, we violated a ton of copyright there.
1: Yeah, whatever. But it's just on our webpage. Nobody's scraping our webpage looking for copyrighted stuff. I wanted to be able to put this up on like YouTube and things.
0: Yeah. Suck it, people who wrote the Evil Dead musical. We used a 15-second clip from Look Who's Evil Now at the end of the episode where Emma becomes the dark one. What are you going to do about it? Anyway. The Evil Dead musical is better than it has any right to be. It
1: is really good.
0: You should watch it through legal means if that's possible. I mean, or if I'm not, sure there's...
1: somewhere local to you is doing a production of it next Halloween.
0: Yeah. Also, it's probably on YouTube. But, like, if if you can see it live, do. Uh, the Funhouse Lounge did it uh, here in Portland, which is a cool venue you should visit if you are local to Portland that's true they didn't pay us for this but i want it to still exist in the future so which has become a a kind of a feature of everything i recommend locally like this it is for you but it also it it is also for me because i want these things to continue to exist
1: Well, i mean yeah that's yeah i feel like a lot of unprompted recommendations are that yeah i mean honestly
0: (laughs) like that book series you like about the descendants of uh king arthur
1: yes yeah
0: where you you were recommending it to everyone because you wanted it to get more sequels
1: and it did and it's very popular now so i feel like i don't need to push it anymore i mean do read it it's good legend porn but it i don't feel like i need to push it or it won't exist anymore it's it's fine they're they're fine it's fine um Honestly, not to be like a huge downer right now. Okay. But like, Pock Pock closed during the pandemic, and that was an in- that was a Portland institution. Like, if Pock Pock could close, nowhere is safe.
0: It's true. Like,
1: it was yep. a, that was a restaurant for for our listeners who don't live in Portland.
0: They did like authentic, authentic Thai.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I know, I know technically the owner was like it's not worth it anymore like financially he could have made it work but he was like but it's not worth it anymore but still like right if, if if they're gonna go if they're gonna shut down then nowhere is safe
0: yeah so Paige is explaining the concept of leprechauns to the sisters that basically leprechauns are like bees and they pollinate the world with luck which again is a concept I enjoy yeah I, I like the fact that there are all of these. Metaphysical forces that are just kept flowing by magical creatures.
1: Yeah. He, uh, he also explains what I was saying, which is that like they give just a little bit of luck, and then the person builds a, a streak of luck.
0: And Piper's like, "I noticed that you're saying luck, but not necessarily good luck. If you give out bad luck, wouldn't that make you evil?" And Seamus speed joops over to her, and he's like, "Hey, bad luck is arguably better for people." because it forces you to rely on you know your innate talents
1: having to overcome things builds character okay boomer
0: yes but the point is like fighting through bad luck can make you a stronger person so bad luck isn't necessarily a bad thing
1: although leo does point out that Although leprechauns are tricksters, they're not really good or evil. They don't they don't exist on that axis, which I was just explaining to you about the Fae before we started recording. Mm-hmm. They don't really exist on a good or evil axis. They're, they're a force of nature. You can't really classify them good or evil.
0: It's interesting what that does and doesn't work for. Witch doctors this season were also introduced as a morally neutral party, even though their whole deal is destroying evil.
1: Okay, well, like, I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but you want to talk about the avatars? Oh, God. No, you don't. We're going to when we get there.
0: Oh, my God. They're so boring. Like...
1: The avatars are basically the neutral planet from Futurama. Except the neutral planet is funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway. They, uh, they find the demon in the Book of Shadows that's been killing leprechauns and page is like oh yeah he's a low level he's a low level reptile demon he doesn't even need a power of three spell
0: yeah we can just whip up a potion to blow him up
1: like what the fuck leprechauns get your <laughs> shit together
0: are potions lower on the vanquishing skill than power of three spells Yeah. St- hmm. I mean, yeah i mean i guess because anyone can make a potion right
1: mm-hmm. it goes like I, I i think it goes piper can just blow him up right if they're slightly more powerful they might need a potion um, and then if they're more powerful, they might need like an actual spell because a spell has to have like witchly intention behind it. And then if they're more powerful than that, they need a power three spell.
0: Oh, see, I'd put it way at the bottom. Demons that can be killed by mortal means like Kaya, the shapeshifter who got killed by a knife.
1: Oh, I wasn't even counting those. I think that's below Piper blowing them up.
0: Yeah. Like there's, that's the floor. Uh, I'm Piper blowing them up. Above that, I'm going to say single use spells. Like a single witch based spell is under potions, but above just using your active powers.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
0: And then uh, above potions, you know, power three.
1: Okay. I mean, so we're we're just unsure where potions fall. That's that's fair.
0: And for higher level uh, demons, you know, like the source, you have to have. a hint of ritual so you know at least mm, some ritual no, like, I love
1: that a hint of ritual
0: yeah cause you yeah know, like the
1: way you need a piece of the skin of Balthazar to kill him yeah no no I like it a yeah. hint of ritual
0: so Piper's like god I don't have time for this I have to find a band because I forgot to call Pat Benatar cause I was shoving a person out of me and uh and Seamus is like my people are being slaughtered dude like
1: yeah yeah Paige is like, I think it's going to be easier for you to find a band than for us to find this demon. He's, he's, he's tricksy. He hides. He's
0: snake-like.
1: Anyway, Seamus says, yeah, if we could have found him, we would have already given him a bunch of bad luck. And I'm like, okay.
0: Well, why don't all of you Leprechauns just hang out together since he's hunting you, so. Okay.
1: Anyway, then the baby monitor goes off and Seamus gets super angry that there's a baby in the house, even though this is like a house where people live. Like,
0: yeah. He's like, "Sir, I came to you for help, not soap opera bullshit.
1: Okay, but like, this is their house. I mean, I-, I feel like Seamus is in the wrong here.
0: So he's like, you know what? If I help you solve all of your stupid personal problems, will you finally get off your ass and save my people from annihilation? And Piper's like, yeah, we'll see. And he, he zaps her with luck, and the doorbell rings. Who could that be?
1: Oh, it's Brad and Janet. Their car just broke down. Wait, <laughs> no, it's Pat Benatar and her husband, a person who is also a musician, but whose name I don't care to know. It's Neil. Whatever. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> they very, very conspicuously say his name multiple times. They say Pat Benatar once, but they're like, you know who this is. You know you know who Pat Benatar is, but also her husband, Neil, who is also a musician, was this the thing that she used to get into the episode where she's like i'll do it but you also have to mention my husband several times i
1: think that might have been it piper's like oh my god you're pat benatar and pat benatar's like oh good a fan and it's like well i mean not necessarily yeah she could she could eat your guts (laughs) pat benatar
0: my sister wouldn't stop playing you in high school my dead sister who i'm glad is dead because she wouldn't stop playing you in high school prue yes is probably into Pepsi- i tar, could right? totally
1: see prue playing like love is a battlefield over and over again oh my god yeah especially remember when we saw teenage prue yeah yeah teenage prue blasted some pat benatar absolutely
0: hell is for children oh yeah so piper goes to get a
1: a nice jar of new tire
0: yeah so i was gonna say yes a nice pitcher of new tire was what i was gonna say but yes she she goes off and and uh Pat Ventura's like, "Hey, Seamus, you want to give us a little more good luck?" And he's like, "Sorry, Pat, I already hit you with my best shot." Okay,
1: that was really annoying. That made me like groan a lot. But I do, I do like when people just casually know about the magical world. That is one of my favorite tropes.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the throwaway line in Buffy. I hate playing vampire towns. Yes. Like, or,
1: I mean, or the last line of Lost Boys. One yeah. of the things I never could stand about this town, all the damn vampires.
0: There are non-vampire examples of this, but, like...
1: Oh, okay, this is a Buffy example, but <laughs> the... the with Oz Rove, was like, that explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just when people know about the supernatural but don't make a big deal out of it, that's always fun.
1: hmm
0: Also, the idea that a lot of musicians owe their careers to leprechauns.
1: Which... It's weird because I could feel like that made sense for Dishwalla. (laughs) But Pat Benatar is pretty talented.
0: She didn't need a wall demon to make her famous. That's
1: all I'm saying.
0: She just needed a a little bit of leprechaun luck.
1: All right, so now Seamus is throwing shade on the baby's rainbow mobile. Like, (laughs) these aren't real rainbows. And it's like, Yeah
0: yeah, yeah page is like it's it's something pretty for the baby to look at and Seamus is like excuse me that is a that is a major transportation thing for the mystical realm you will pay it some respect the rainbows run on time that wasn't intentionally a fascist thing but you know
1: he does he does say he's like rainbows aren't for you to look at if they were they wouldn't be invisible
0: and phoebe's like they're not invisible and he's like They are usually... Rainbows are always there. We use them to travel from place to place. You can only see them under certain circumstances. You, Phoebe. Okay, so... I don't want
1: to be like this person. Okay. But that's not what rainbows are. Yeah. And I know, I know, right? Magic, I get it, I get it. But if you're going to tell me that rainbows are invisible most of the time, but you can see them when it rains, then you're going to make me think about what rainbows really are. Which is light refracted through raindrops. And you're going to make me go, that's not what a ra- Just don't make me think about it.
0: Yeah. It's a fun thing to do if you have a, a little kid is to do rainbows at home. Yeah. Like, because you just need like a running a source of water and mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway,
1: Piper kisses him because he solved all her problems and that's what she does. And then he gives Paige some luck so that Paige and Piper can go figure out what to do next. He asks Phoebe if she wants some luck, and she's like, sure, go ahead.
0: Paige orbs off with Piper and doesn't give him a kiss, and he's like, come on, I thought we established a payment system here.
1: Yeah, I give you luck, you give me a kiss. Although, I think the payment system is the luck pays off, you get a kiss, so just cool your jets, Seamus.
0: Okay, the thing is, Seamus is a pretty handsome dude, and he's also being kind of an asshole to them, so literally (laughs) the only reason that none of them are falling for him is because he's a little person. Like, that's pretty messed up.
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking of assholes that these girls are going to fall for, the doorbell rings and it's Jason Dean.
0: Yeah, here to be a huge creep because you are her boss, dude. I mean, I Okay, wait,
1: wait. No, no, no. Okay. I'm sorry. You go first and then I'm going to rebut it.
0: Okay. So I know Phoebe is the worst employee ever, but I feel like you kind of can't force your employees to go on dates with you.
1: Okay, this is not a date.
0: Yes,
1: He's going to be totally creepy later. But we didn't say it, but he did establish earlier that he was going to take her somewhere to show her that online dating was good. And that's what he's doing right now. He's showing up to take her somewhere for the job. So that's... This this part of it is not HR violating yet.
0: Yeah. So he's going to take her to a second location and
1: for work
0: for work and uh, Phoebe's like i can't my cousin is in town and seamus walks up and uh, she's like my distant cousin and it's like you can have a cousin who's a little person phoebe it's that's a normal thing people people are related to other people that's how the world works but her her boss is like well i was going to just impose in your free time but i guess if you have family over and you're having family issues and seamus is like nah go for it
1: is it free time though? Because I feel like this is the middle of the workday in the middle of the week.
0: At, actually, you know what? Fair. Oh. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, Phoebe, it's 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Does, Why don't you?"
1: <laughs> just because Phoebe never goes into the office does not mean it's her free time. Seamus does tell her, and uh, and he told Piper and Paige this as well before they orbed away. That the way the luck works, the bigger the chance you take, the more luck you will get. So Phoebe's got to go take a chance on Jason Dean. And Piper and Paige apparently have to take a chance in Vegas, which
0: is where they orbed to. Yeah, Piper's like, why are we here? And Paige's like, you have to make your own luck by taking risks.
1: By playing at the craps table, apparently.
0: Yeah, and I'm building up luck by doing something that's inherently probability-based and allows me to make a lot of big decisions in a short period of time, which is some very good rationalization on Paige's part.
1: Anyway, she's making lots of money playing playing craps.
0: An older cowboy is hitting on her.
1: Yep, yep. Maybe they're in Atlantic City, not Vegas.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, probably. I don't know, like, huh.
1: Vegas makes more I mean, I guess you can orb anywhere. Vegas makes more sense, but man, it seems like a lot of these people are dressed like cowboys, not just the one that's hitting on her, which makes me think that they're in Atlantic City.
0: Is that a Jersey thing, dressing like cowboys?
1: I mean... It feels more Atlantic City than Vegas.
0: Yeah, that's a weird number of people dressed like cowboys.
1: Right? There's a lot of people dressed like cowboys. I just
0: noticed the main cowboy guy, but...
1: Yeah, there are several cowboys in this shot.
0: So Paige ends up losing all of her money on snake eyes, and Piper's like, wait, that's the ingredient we need in our magical potion that we need to vanquish the demon. And the main cowboy who was sitting on Paige is like, what? And Piper's like... None of your fucking business, dude. She does
1: try to cover, and it's like, you don't have to cover. Like...
0: Who cares?
1: Who cares?
0: He, like, who gives a shit what this random-ass casino cowboy thinks?
1: So, back in San Francisco, Jason Dean takes Phoebe to a bar where... Oh, <laughs> at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, where a bunch of couples are all hooked up and canoodling.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of blonde people very conspicuously making out in the foreground all
1: these couples are making out this is like pda central right now
0: yeah and phoebe's like why did you take me to a sex club in the middle of the day and he's like this isn't a sex club this is a real life club for the internet dating service i own to give people a safe environment to meet the people they met on i'm sorry okay, is he honestly- gonna do fire fest
1: wait what
0: because remember the thing, the Firefest guys thing before was Magnesis for the okay, whole. Okay, selling...
1: Magnesis is not at all like what this is. I think this is a great idea.
0: Well, the whole selling point of Magnesis was if you signed up for the credit card, you got to use the penthouse. Yeah, that's and this
1: totally. Is... That is that is so different from this. Okay, back. G- gather, gather round, Gen Z. Gather round. Ah. <laughs> As an elder millennial, let me tell you, back in the day. When you met people online, there was a lot of like nervousness about meeting up in person. Honestly, there still is. But it, there was a lot more paranoia about meeting people from the internet than there is now because it was a lot less normal. So the idea that he has this dating site and that his dating site also specifically rents out a bar like one night a month so that you know you can meet in a safe, neutral space, that is, for 2001, that's genius. Mm. I think that's a really great idea.
0: It seems like you would have to have a lot of money for this to work, though, and be tied to one specific location dating app-wise.
1: Yeah, sure, but...
0: Whatever. It's a TV show. Yeah. Oh my god, I saw this guy complaining on Twitter, which it's one of those things where you're like, oh, you're probably like 20 and this is why. But this guy was complaining about Grindr. He's like, they should shut down Grindr because, you know, people keep getting assaulted on grind, you know, with people they met on Grinder, and, like, it's clearly this really dangerous thing. Like, uh, hookup apps are inherently dangerous, and it's like, okay, the thing is...
1: Hooking up is inherently dangerous.
0: Yeah, it's not on Grinder that people keep getting assaulted from people they meet, I was going to say over the internet, but in general, the fact of the matter is dating is extremely dangerous. I guess that kind of ties back to your point. But, like... Yeah. But, like... The way to get around that isn't banning dating apps.
1: I mean, you just have to be smart with it. You have to have somebody who you're checking in with who, you know, you need to have your I'm not murdered buddy that you check in with. And then you need to be safe about meeting in a public space the first time. And like, at at some point, it's just a vibe check. Like, yeah, there is inherent risk in dating strangers. There just is.
0: Yeah. Which... And someone, someone pointed out, they're, they're like, look, the fact of the matter, they, they, they basically said what we just said, like, you know, look, dating is inherently a dangerous act. The internet doesn't change that. And someone else is like, uh, but what your comment doesn't account for is the difference in power dynamics. And I'm like, what does that have to do with any, like, A, what does that Wait, have to do? Wait, how is
1: there a difference in power dynamics?
0: Well, they, they were like, with with older people, you know, with older guys, is, and I didn't respond because one of my... Because
1: old, old people never leave the house? We just sit around on the internet all day? Like, you can't meet an old person at a bar?
0: Well, A, I don't think their point was based in literally any logic. Which fair. Like, you can't have an argument with someone who's coming from a... A place that makes, honest to God, no sense. But I wanted to respond, but I didn't. With... Do you remember that there was an exchange with someone complaining like they got the uh special bonus pack of doom three or whatever where like if you pre-order it you get all of the amazing weapons right off the bat and they're like uh this game is too easy because i have got all of the amazing weapons right off the bat and the developer responded with you choose the buttons you push because if you don't want to use the amazing weapons and Therefore, have a harder game experience. Don't use the amazing weapons, like like on Grinder, like on every dating app in existence. You can choose the ages of the people who see your profile and whose profiles you see. Mm-hmm. So, granted, people can lie, but like I got p-
1: wild news for you about the real world too.
0: Yeah, like. There's no age-based power dynamic imbalance on Grinder unless you want there to be one.
1: Right, it's just like in the real world. Yeah. Um, God, well, some people are just too online. I, this is giving me very, like, that, that person who a few months ago was talking about how Anybody under five foot three is minor coded, and oh therefore God. should not be uh, involved in sexual relations.
0: Yeah, if you're dating someone under five foot three, it means you're attracted to it's minors. It's a red
1: flag.
0: Which, dear lord, some people are some, just too online. Some people are too online.
1: We we, should, we we sound like boomers now because I feel like I feel like we're running the risk of ascribing like a couple of way way out of touch things to a whole generation we are not doing that i want to be clear on about that
0: but we are also on the pro internet dating thing yeah like it's a perfectly valid way to meet people
1: yeah how else are you going to meet people
0: go out and talk to people Ugh, like a psychopath <laughs> so yeah I mean,
1: we got introduced at a party yeah and i feel like I feel like we do not go to a lot of parties now. Like it is going to parties is exhausting.
0: To be fair, we also have a child, but
1: it's true. That's true.
0: But we do go to a lot of parties. They're just birthday parties for the peers of our young child.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the it's not the hookup scene that it used to be.
0: <laughs> Oof. But yes. Jason... No, I mean it's
1: it's not the hookup scene that the parties we used to go to were.
0: Oh, I thought you meant for like our parents' generation or our grandparents' no, generation. No, no,
1: no, no. I meant I meant it's not it's not the it's not the kind of hookup scene of the parties we used to go to. I said that jokingly, but.
0: I mean, we live in Portland. So. We
1: live in Portland.
0: So anyway, Jason Dean is very patiently explaining to Phoebe that you can in fact have a relationship with someone you met over the internet, and she's like, "Huh," and he's like sometimes people need space to be their true selves and sometimes the best way to be your true self is anonymously over the internet and phoebe's like what and he's like you remember in season three with the 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 episode with the video dating you had no issues with video dating but for some reason online dating is a bridge too far for you
1: i know this was my uh time freeze back then
0: never a real thing
1: I mean, it was. It was a very, very tiny real thing that TV shows just love to do episodes about. I, It's kind of charming in that way. The, much the same way that we all thought quicksand was going to be a bigger deal than it actually is. Yes. Or the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. Anyway, back at the manor, the sisters have gotten some snake eyes because it turns out this is going to be the way to scry for the reptile demon. They're going to do a spell with the snake eyes to scry for the demon i don't know it's gonna work i guess
0: yeah and Paige is pouting because she had to lose all of their money for them to get the information that snake eyes is the ingredient they needed and piper's like yeah you have to work for stuff like if there's anything i've learned in my five years of being a witch it's that magic will kick you in the ass over and over and over again until you want to die
1: i mean by the way since we since we ragged on uh, Phoebe's outfit so much, I just want to say I really like what Paige is wearing. I think it's cute. It's like a rose pink shirt with with like cute dark pink patterned pants. And just the cut of the shirt with its like big bell sleeves, it's, it's a good look for her. Just want to throw that out there.
0: I mean, as long as we're throwing out compliments, I want to say how much I like Piper's shirt. Like Piper always has, or at least usually has more simple outfits. And this this is also a simple one. It's like this... Long sleeve red shirt that's got this kind of, I don't know, priest collar. I don't know what you call those.
1: I mean, it's 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 a V neck, but it's 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 like a kind of it's almost squared off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call it a V neck exactly because there's like a separation of the collar and the, but it looks really nice. And she she's paired it with a pair of olive pants and an off center belt. The whole the whole look is really good.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: So Seamus takes them back to his realm to try to kill the snake. Demon and, and death.
1: the Snake Demon immediately knocks them all out and kills Seamus. Then he, Seamus has has opened a, a a rainbow bridge trying to get away, and the Snake Demon jumps on the rainbow bridge. So now Seamus is dead. The sisters all wake up. The Snake Demon has taken the rainbow bridge back to the Leprechaun Realm. Things are just even more fucked up than they were before. This is what I'm saying. The leprechauns should have just left us to our own devices and gone off because lots of leprechauns are dead now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I get it. Seamus was trying to get them to fight back, except not really. Like his thing was they should find, they should get help. He didn't really say fight back, which ends up being the solution. But whatever. Uh, and, and this guy has been macro dosing on luck which Seamus did point out earlier in the episode the pendulum tends to swing back the other way Mm
1: -hmm. and so yeah I said he knocked the sisters out no they got hit by lightning because he's so lucky Mm -hmm. that they got hit by lightning now they're on like a wave of bad luck so when they go back to the manor
0: Paige just falls over and she's like oh no bad luck
1: electricity starts sparking things are bad they tell leo to take wyatt back to the elders even though the elders have said not to do that and they're like fuck it do they want us to save the world or not
0: okay this is a this is a nice thing for leo because piper as soon as she realizes what's happening with the bad luck immediately hands him the baby and she's like get wyatt out of here i don't want him to get caught in the crossfire and leo's like fine i'll take him back to the elders and they're like aren't you not supposed to go back to the elders he's like fuck them yeah which is a nice moment for leo it's mm-hmm. a and it, it does kind of curtail nicely with his thing with Paige. When they were yeah talking. where he
1: was talking about the rules
0: yeah so uh the demon guy summons the lesbians which
1: and by the way he's just clutching he's just clutching the uh the pot of luck to himself now
0: yeah and he's like you owe me and they're like for what like you you gave us luck earlier in the episode but we haven't really seen anything that we've done with the luck. and uh, he's like look i just gave the charmed ones a bunch of bad looks so they're super vulnerable now and i want you to uh you know kill them for me and the smart lesbian is like why don't you just kill them yourself and he's like because i'm the main bad guy in the episode
1: He does point out that they've probably already researched him at this point and have a vanquish ready for him, whereas they have no idea that these women are coming. That is true. Yeah. And he's going to give them a bunch of luck beforehand so they can wipe out the sisters.
0: Yeah. So at the manor, the potion Piper was working on to kill the snake guy is on fire. She tries to put it out, but the fire extinguisher malfunctions. She ends up putting the fire out, but breaking a bunch of plates in the process. Everything is going to shit.
1: Um, Paige has been rummaging around and come back with a horseshoe and a rabbit's foot to counter the luck. And also a charm bracelet, which...
0: And a four-leaf clover and some salt to throw over her shoulders. Okay. So...
1: Whatever works, Paige. Whatever works.
0: Yeah, Piper's like, yeah, that's great. Where's Phoebe? And then we get the worst falling down the stairs ADR. Ellis Milano is like, ah, uh, except with less affect than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they come around to the living room and she's at the bottom of the stairs where she has just fallen. And she is, the reason she fell is because she was messing around with her sidekick. Um, sending texts to Cyrano 70, was it 73? Yeah. Cyrano 73.
0: She got a page from him.
1: Okay, I mean, is that bad luck or maybe don't be on your phone when you're walking down the stairs.
0: Well, she's like, you said that we have to make our own luck, so I'm going to accept a date with this guy and Piper's, you know, you you make luck by taking risks, so I'm going to go on a date with this guy and Piper's like going on a date with a guy you click with is taking risk and he was like it is for me because i've given up on love which oh my god
1: this is smart though because seamus gave her the shot of luck too and hers hasn't manifested yet so she hasn't like used that luck yet
0: which he did point out before he got murdered
1: yeah so the other demons show up they start throwing fireballs at the sisters and And Paige does the thing where she orbs the energy ball back at the demon who generated it and blows her up. And then, of course, the other demon is distraught because her girlfriend was just blown up.
0: Yeah, she goes, no! Which is not normally a thing we get. Normally, demons don't care when other demons die. But this woman is very clearly devastated by this. And she... When the demons first showed up, Piper tried to blow them up, but she accidentally blew up a piece of the stairway which fell on her and knocked her out mm-hmm. So the the Grace Jones demon teleports down to Piper. I do really like the teleport effect that they have for these demons because it's a it's like a black smoke effect, but instead of poofing out it sucks in. yeah, which has this kind of cool vacuum quality to it. So she she poofs down, she grabs Piper's unconscious body and then she poofs back to the snake demon. Who's like, okay, I'm supposed to have three dead witches, not one captive witch. This is... This
1: she is... says, she's like, you didn't warn us about them or you miscalculated. They were able to kill my girlfriend. So he just kills her. He, this is what happens when you go up against demons who have giant pots of luck. Uh, He kills her and now he's got Piper to lure the other two to him.
0: Yeah. So, back at the manor, um, why doesn't he just kill Piper now? She's unconscious, but...
1: And then there will be no power of three? Yeah. I know, right?
0: I mean, it's not like he needs a power of three spell to be taken down, but, I mean, come on. If you're trying to make a name for yourself, you have an unconscious, charmed one uh, excuse feet.
1: me. He's taking a big risk uh, so that he can have big luck.
0: So, Paige gives Phoebe the shillelagh that Seamus left behind
1: that he used to cast the spell for the rainbow bridge so she can get a premonition of him casting the spell or i guess a past premonition, of him casting the spell so that she can know the words to say to make the rainbow bridge appear
0: which she does again we don't we don't get a uh, we just get phoebe holding the thing and being like i'm having a premonition Like, I guess it's nice that she remembered that she has premonitions because...
1: She hasn't had them in ages!
0: There was a whole episode about how she hasn't had one in ages, and then they just kept going with her not having them. It's very odd.
1: So, Phoebe and Paige show up now at the Leprechaun realm, and they're like, Hey, uh, Seamus is dead, but we need you all to put your magic together, pool your luck, and then come help us defeat this very, very minor reptile guy who has been causing a lot of havoc for what a minor demon he is.
0: They say Seamus is a hero. He gave his life for you, which is not...
1: Okay, okay, can we we back up here? She says he was a hero. He didn't see you all as leprechauns. He saw you as giants. And it's like, I'm sorry, do you think leprechaun is a derogatory word?
0: Yeah, do you think... Yeah.
1: Excuse me, Paige? Like,
0: like, these these guys are very important. Like, the world runs on... Like, well, what a weird asshole statement to make. You may be shit-ass leprechauns, but he saw a cool-ass giant.
1: I just have to say that a, a lot of times as we were watching this episode, I was thinking about uh, Peter Dinklage and... The many, many times in interviews he has talked about how he does not like the way uh, actors who happen to be little people are kind of relegated to these one-dimensional fantasy roles. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... Fuck, man.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's some rough stuff. So, So, in the demon place uh piper wakes up and she's like thank god i never have to worry about concussions
1: she wakes up and she's being menaced by a snake by the way
0: yeah and Paige and phoebe run up to her and Paige just kind of pokes the snake away with the shillelagh
1: yeah because that's the saint patrick drove the snakes out of ireland so they're afraid of shillelaghs now
0: sure and the demon the demon walks into the room and he's like ha 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 now that all three of the Charmed Twins are here, I have you at your- I, you're, you're all at my disadvantage, I guess, because one of you's tied up slightly, and then all of the Leprechauns juop in, and they're like, ha, huh, we've pulled our magic together, we've, we've pulled all of our good luck together to make a meteor fall out of the they're sky like, and we're, crush you. we're
1: all gonna pull our magic and give you the worst luck ever, and then he's hit by a meteor? Not gonna lie- <laughs> kind of love that resolution i kind of really love that
0: i mean they this was a wizard of Oz thing right the power was with you the whole time
1: yeah yeah
0: and one of the leprechauns runs up to page and uh he's like thank you for saving us and she's like i didn't do anything like it's kind of the inverse of the tuxedo <laughs> mask meme
1: I mean, I guess Seamus had said before that they would have done this earlier if they could find this demon. So I guess they led them to him.
0: I, I guess. I don't know. But, like...
1: The point is, Paige is now a friend to the leprechauns. Or the leprechauns are a friend to Paige. Like, Paige is going to be able to call upon leprechauns now.
0: Also, she's learned a lesson about not using magic for personal gain, which how, how is that a lesson you learned? Because they're like, thank you for saving us. And she's like, well, the only reason I saved you was because I was using magic selfishly which I'll never do again, which, what?
1: Why not? Your sweater's fine.
0: Also, you sa- you you did save them. The only reason you saved them was because you were using magic selfishly.
1: Do you think the landing in the Leprechaun Land was the your comeuppance for using magic for personal gain?
0: I'm sorry, but the weird thing, like, the thing is...
1: Having to save an innocent? Do you think having to save an innocent was your repercussion?
0: Saving your lives was the result of personal gain, therefore I'm never doing personal gain ever again
1: some cold ass shit page
0: yeah but like whatever we're back at p3 it's the end of the episode and piper's like i think i'm gonna have to sell the club so i can focus more on being a mom and leo's like what then how
1: will we eat
0: yeah, he, like are, are we all going to be living off of phoebe's advice columnist money
1: well I mean, she did just get a raise as a bribe to keep working
0: but no, Leo's going. Leo's like, look, the baby is your baby, but also this club is your baby. Also, I guess the baby is still with the elders because I'm here.
1: He did tell the elders that he needs to take paternity leave.
0: Which, okay, yes. And and Piper, in an uncharacteristically uh, thinking of others moment, is like, don't you have other charges? Are they all just gonna die? And he's like, no. They'll reassign other white. Light. They'll assign other white lighters, and she's like, "Wait, that was an option."
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe you shouldn't be splitting your attention between the charmed ones and other charges. Anyway, just throwing that out there.
0: But also, like, I, I know we mentioned it so much, but every time Leo shot with a dark lighter arrow, and you know is dying, and one of the charmed ones needs to switch powers with him so that they can save him, they could have just sent another guy the whole time. Yup.
1: Anyway, Pat Benatar performs.
0: And it's, it's one of her A-list songs, which I was not expecting.
1: Yeah, you thought it was going to be, like, a C-tier song. Yeah. I mean, it's not It's not Love is a Battlefield or Hell is for Children, which I feel like are her two big ones.
0: Oh, I was going to say Hit Me With Your Best Shot, which they did reference earlier in the episode. But I feel like that's her big one. I mean, Love is a Battlefield is probably her big one, but... Yeah. I, I would I would put a... I, I'd put Hit Me With Your Best Shot over Hell is for Children, though.
1: Okay, but she doesn't sing that either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, she sings Heartbreaker, which is I guess also... Heartbreaker
1: is top tier. Yeah. It, okay,
0: it, yeah, Heartbreaker it, it, is top tier. It is an iconic Pat Benatar song.
1: Man, you know what? You Pat... know what I'm realizing as we, as we have this discussion?
0: Pat Benatar had a lot of hits.
1: Pat Benatar's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Pep, Pat... Man.
0: Okay, so... Okay, okay. So, Phoebe is wearing her innocent yet boobtastic dress.
1: She's wearing a pink dress to show that she has opened herself up to the idea of love and she goes and
0: cleavage so well, I'm, I'm sorry it's she's just, never
1: not been opened up to the idea of cleavage it's
0: just an incredibly boobtastic dress which is not normally what one would think with this sort of uh, but what whatever
1: she uh she goes out to meet cyrano 73 and uh-oh it's jason dean
0: and he's like i know that this is inappropriate
1: yeah it's really inappropriate you're her boss
0: but i knew that you never go out with me if i asked you normally and cuz
1: you're her boss
0: and i think you're super hot and that's the whole reason i bought your newspaper so please please have sex with me the handsome rich guy who has power over you but not really this is
1: like this is a 50 shades shit over here ugh he he
0: i, I don't know it's 50 shades if It's Fifty Shades of Anastasia was the dom.
1: Oh, I was just thinking about how he bought the publishing, how he he bought the whole publishing house so that he could be her boss, so that he could promote her.
0: Yeah, but it's like if he did that so that, you know, she could come into his office and castigate him whenever she wanted.
1: Uh, He's like, hey, I promise if you turn me down, there won't be any repercussions for you at work. Like, it's already, it's already an inappropriate power dynamic.
0: Yeah, whatever, she dated the last guy who bought the newspaper for her.
1: This feels weirdly like a redo, because I did kind of just ignore that that happened.
0: Yeah, like, this is just the Eric Prince plot over again, which I think we mentioned last time, but... We did. But it is, so... Also, weird note to end the episode on with her being like, eh, okay, I'll date my boss.
1: I mean, she's opening herself up to love.
0: Eric Dane's an attractive man.
1: He's McSteamy.
0: He's mixed squashed by an airplane.
1: Well, I mean that's not fair. Lots of people get squashed by airplanes on Grey's Anatomy.
0: Why anyone would work at Grace Sloan Memorial Hospital,
1: uh,
0: or whatever it was in the show before Grace yeah, Sloan got killed. He's,
1: yeah, he's 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 Sloan. It's Grace Sloan Memorial because he <laughs> dies. God, spoiler for Grey's Anatomy, and also her sister.
0: Okay, was was McDreamy not high profile enough for them to name the hospital after him when he died?
1: yeah i guess not
0: also if they're naming the hospital after people who died in it or doctors from it who died shouldn't it just have a thousand names because whenever you tell me any any about any character from Grey's anatomy it always ends with and then he she or they died a gruesome and horrible death
1: it's not inaccurate man i love Grey's anatomy
0: Thank God Sandra Oh got out of there before it became the bloodbath it was. I, I guess Katherine Heigl's character just, like, went insane and ripped all of her hair and teeth out and ran into the wild, so.
1: Yeah, that's pretty accurate.
0: I guess that's better than the uh, guy who was dragged behind the bus.
1: He was hit by, oh yeah,
0: I guess he was. <laughs> You're sh- no, no, no. He was hit by a bus and then dragged by it. He wasn't just dragged by a bus.
1: Okay, listen, George's death is traumatic, okay? Yeah, Well. Next week, we're going to be talking about Cat House. The Peacock description is, Phoebe and Paige are sent back in time to relive moments from Piper and Leo's past. So You're that's right. What I it, is we the, it is the
0: Marriage Counselor episode. And also, could this possibly be Kit Watch 2024? When's the next episode coming out?
1: Two weeks from now. I think it'll still be 2023.
0: All right. So, yeah. Kit Watch 2023 you thought that was over with you thought kit was done no we have one more kit episode is
1: this the last Kit episode
0: yes the episode where we find out that kit was rewarded for her good job as a familiar by being turned human
1: oh that happens in this episode yeah oh spoilers
0: yes spoilers
1: okay so also
0: it's a clip show
1: So I think we have some segments.
0: Uh, yes. Much like the charmed ones, we have our own power of three. The first pounder pack is Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous.
1: Okay, famous is generous.
0: Okay, because I was like, I recognize nobody.
1: I mean, you know I pointed out Olivia. Uh, yes.
0: The woman who wrote her own IMDb, uh.
1: No, uh, the one that, the, um, uh, Fina Oroki, um, uh jada ah uh, and i, I think the, the
0: grace jones looking at and
1: i think i just gave it away by what i just said because i didn't say jada i said another name oh i said olivia
0: oh my god from buffy yes oh my god that was giles's girlfriend who wisely decided that sunnydale was too fucking weird and noped out Yeah, i do like that they made it feel like olivia was going to be a big character but then she found out about monsters and immediately like like she has the conversation with giles where he's like is it too scary and she's like it might be we'll see and then we never see her again and it's like yeah no she's like fuck it i saw a I saw one of the gentlemen and i was out
1: yeah oh she does show up in the
0: in the dream sequence yes oh sorry Go But on. she
1: also shows up in the new uh audible original the slayers Oh, in, in the alternate universe, because in the alternate universe where Cordelia is the Slayer, Giles actually does stop being a watcher uh, early enough that Olivia stays with him and they get married. Huh? Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: So she shows up there.
0: OK, I want to give that a chance. But like between the Slayers book and a lot of the comics, I just I feel over multiverse out with Buffy. Like, it's a well they go to so much for, uh, for I, other stuff, and it's like, I just, it's it's too much.
1: Okay, it makes sense, though, because the whole point of it was they wanted justice for Terra and Cordelia, right? And they're dead, so multiverse it is. I enjoyed it, but there were several times as I was listening to it where I was like, oh, Max would have been really annoyed by this. So...
0: That's why I can't listen to Buffy podcasts.
1: You might have you might have made the right choice, but I enjoyed it so.
0: Like, and I get it. It's a cute little uh, reference to the fact that originally Charisma Carpenter went out for Buffy. Like she she tried out for the role. of Oh Buffy. yeah, that's
1: that's the plot. Yeah, the plot is that there's an alternate universe where Cordelia was the Slayer.
0: But like the comics had that thing too, where they're like, oh, it's an alternate universe where Willow's the Slayer, and then that's and that's not counting all the alternate future ones. Or the one where it's what if Buffy took place in the modern day and then we find out it's secretly the world without shrimp. And it's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was unnecessary. That was an unnecessary I like thing.
1: I like that. In the alternate universe where Cordelia is the Slayer, the big bad is Spike. No. the big Sorry. The big bad is Drusilla. Spike is dead. So she comes to our universe, the main Buffy universe, to recruit good Spike to, you know come over to her universe and help her defeat Drusilla.
0: okay does it take place over the course of the show or is this x years in the future after the finale it
1: is it is x years in the future um and they bring up that cordelia has been the slayer for an unprecedented like 30 years wow or however long it's been because she's it's it it takes place in 2023
0: you know yeah no she would have been the slayer for like 30 years yeah Do we find out what happens to main universe Buffy?
1: In... She's... She's off doing stuff. She doesn't show up in the book.
0: No, but Spike doesn't mention, oh yeah, Buffy married Scott Hope, who discovered he wasn't actually gay.
1: (laughs) No, they don't bring that up, that I remember. I don't even remember there being a throwaway line about it.
0: I guess Spike survived the end of Angel in this universe then. I know he did in the comics, too, but I'm assuming the comics aren't canon to- uh, Comics are canon. To the Slayers audiobook? Yeah. Do they reference stuff that happened in the comics?
1: No. I just assumed they were canon.
0: I mean, is it like that They ma- were the all-
1: majority, The majority of Slayers takes place in the Cordelia universe, so they don't. we don't worry too much about the continuity of, of yeah. our universe. Yeah.
0: Okay, so if that will bring us to the second power in our pack, Time Free. So it's specifically dated this episode. Uh, the whole argument about internet dating.
1: Online dating and instant messaging.
0: Yes. Phoebe using a pager.
1: Yeah. God.
0: It's weird because normally the musical star is something that would instantly date an episode. But Pat Benatar, I feel like, has been... Obviously, she had a peak in the 80s, but after that, I feel like she's been pretty consistently a popular person. Like, I feel like. Oh, God, is this that thing? Is this the Grandpa Simpson thing where the young kids don't know about Pat Benatar? And I just don't know about that because I'm not a young kid anymore.
1: Always just checking to make sure she's still alive. She is.
0: I was about to say, is there an is or a was at the beginning of her. Uh...
1: No, no, she's still alive. It's all good. She's still alive and she's still performing. And in 2022 she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: I just I was just saying you didn't need to scroll down cuz uh, it either says is or was depending on whether or not they're alive or dead in the first uh, synth- Oh,
1: I I I'd already determined that she was alive. I was clicking over to see Neil Giraldo her, her 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 husband.
0: You might know him from also doing music.
1: You might know him from being married to Pat Benatar.
0: Yes. That will bring us to the final Power in Her Pack telekinesis what if anything genuinely moved you this episode nothing nothing it was this was a fun enough episode it wasn't fantastic or anything but i it it falls under the not as offensive as it could have been i guess umbrella like
1: it was nice to be reminded of what a good musician pat benatar is
0: i had a good enough time watching it nothing touched me emotionally
1: Wait, what about what about the opening sequence when they when they just casually kill that demon?
0: Okay, I did love that. That was fantastic.
1: That was more of a levitation moment though.
0: Yeah, that was more of a, you know, fuck yeah, rising into the air moment. I, I do I did I did really love the whole Piper Piper's one two punch there. I feel like it's also been a while since we've seen Piper freeze.
1: I know. I was thinking about that actually, when there was the fire and then she was knocking over the dishes. Yeah. I was like, Too bad there's no one in the kitchen to yell freeze, Piper. I think that's going to do it for this week.
0: Yeah, I think that'll about do it for this week.
1: Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show... You can tweet at us at I Love TV Zines, or you can email us at I Love television at Gmail dot com, or pretty soon I'll get us on Blue Sky.
0: So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hallwell Manor.